time it was at night everything was dark and so from the airport to the orphanage it was all dark and i could not see anything right you know i go to sleep that night right now i reach the orphanage go to sleep that night and i wake up and i look out my window this is this beautiful view of the green hills and the, the sky was blue and you know the earth was red right and i think it was in that moment that i thought this is something i need to capture and i had a camera right so from there i just start like when i was that whole month when I was in Kenya, I just I just captured the beauty of everything going on around me, you know, working with the children, the scenery around me, just everything. And and there was something so that felt so intangibly beautiful of capturing people, you know, these children on, on camera and, and their beautiful country that I, you know, I had the honor of being in, right? My name is Trish and welcome to Mob Talk. Join me as I speak to up-and-coming artists all over the world about their art, their philosophy and their causes. In this episode, I speak with Justin, a photographer and HIV activist who believes that every human has a story to tell. So my name is Justin Antoine and um, I'm from Toronto, but I work uh, currently work half a year in Kenya. I have a background in a lot of different things. I have a degree in music, a degree in teaching, a diploma in deaf and hard of hearing teaching and a diploma of social work. And then I'm a photographer and, I'll, uh, and so like the work I do is mostly portraiture. Um, I do like a mix of fashion photography and uh, photojournalism. I work quite often with uh, One Day in My World, which is a mental health publication. So from your point of view as a visual artist, what is the role of an artist in a state of protest? What are the ethics that surround art that emerges from turbulence? They want, they definitely want justice, I believe. Um, and also I think they want to be heard and they want to be seen. Because I think for too long, people have turned a blind eye to a lot of these issues and, but they've been happening, right? And so I think that's what it was to bring attention to it. And I just, <sighs> You know, I kind of hope we keep our eyes open about what, what happens because, you know, I don't... The problem, I think that makes me sad about a lot of these movements that happen, right? Like, they'll come and then they'll go, right? Absolutely. And then... they become a trend, and it, Exactly. And then it's... But I just, you know, but you just, just wish, like, why... <sighs> because the trend, it goes up and it goes down. And then, you know, the same atrocities that were, you know, hurting people and killing people just continue again, right? Um, Justin's activism is core to who he is as a person. We spoke about his HIV activism and his personal journey with AIDS. Yeah, okay, so probably one of my favorite projects of all time uh, was, I was, so I was living in Gambia for uh, two years, and during that time, I started working with the Albinism Society of Gambia. Now, albinism is a condition, a genetic, a genetic condition in which the person uh, lacks uh, pigment in their, um, they think their eyes, their hair, skin, and in Gambia, there have been, you know, a lot of these people who had albinism uh, were at a disadvantage because, um, 
you know, they, they it was really hot there and very sunny, but a lot of them didn't have access to sunscreen. So uh, because their skin was so sensitive to the sun, a lot of them, you know, were getting sunburns and skin cancer, uh, lack of access to uh, prescription eye, which they needed anti-time stigma because um, there are some people in Gambia who did discriminate against people living with albinism. And um, so basically, I was working with this organization and they, they wanted me to use my photography skills to tell their story and to raise money for the organization and i mean the stories i got i think it was really my first foreway into really trying journalism really too because before that i just been taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures but in this case i was taking pictures and and, and telling people stories you know uh, especially actually on national geographic your shot at the time and i just got to tell the stories of a group of people in a country um that kind of that really marginalized them in so many different ways and to hear their stories and to understand what they'd been through and um yeah that was probably my all-time favorite uh, project so um like if you know like one of my core areas of my activism with photography is talking about hiv because i'm i'm a person with hiv myself right like uh, a lot of the stories i tell with my camera are about hiv but there are times though where it can get you know burned out in the sense that you know you put so much of your work into what you're doing to the point that mentally you start to get exhausted like for example like i was in Kenya uh, last fall uh, for three months, you know, doing my HIV outreach. And by the end of those three months, um, you know, I think, thank God I, I came back um, three weeks ago to Canada. I just, I felt so exhausted because I was doing so much. And I was trying so hard to tell the stories and the stories meant so much to me but at the same time I was had so much on my plate mm. to the point I was just ex I was exhausted constantly right and also when you when 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 you're fighting for a cause that means so much to you that you yourself are a part of it the stakes get that much higher in the work that you're doing and you know it is exhausting sometimes when you start to question am I doing the right thing or am I telling a story in the in the right way or do people even appreciate my work does any of this matter you know that can lead to a lot of burnout which I, I did experience um mm -hmm. last fall you know after my diagnosis I just felt very angry and I felt like giving up on the world I felt like giving up on myself and it was actually you know, the depression I went through that caused me to, to go to decide to go back to school to, to do social work because I needed to feel like I was I, had some, I need to feel like I had something to look, to look forward to because there was a point where I was very suicidal and I felt like I had nothing to live for and so I started doing social work school and then you know did my practicum at uh, asian community aid services in toronto and um i found my um my niche because i realized that i was I'm, I, I was able to be so helpful within this community because i had the experiences of discrimination of the mental health challenges that, that come along with living with hiv right and yeah like and that's how, so that's how i put my calling in and i think what's what's inspired me with my calling is just hearing stories and testimonies from people who tell me that uh, i was able to help them you know so that kind of encourages me to want to keep on doing the work that i'm doing because it's, it's work that you know hopefully is saving lives and also preventing more infections and also improving the lives of people who live with hiv and if, if i can use my experiences to help somebody i'm going to do that yeah Wow, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's very powerful. So, when did you first realize that you wanted to do photography, and were you surrounded by people who made it easier for you to do that? 
Um, in 2009, I volunteered in an orphanage in Kenya for the first time. It was the first time I'd ever traveled from Canada, really. That was away from North America. And I went to this place, to, you know, Kenya. And I'm telling you, it was interesting being there because I remember my first morning there. I mean, my first, when I first got to Kenya, the very first time it was at night. Everything was dark. And so from the airport to the orphanage, it was all dark and I could not see anything, right? You know, I go to sleep that night. No, I reach the orphanage, go to sleep that night, and I wake up. And I look out my window. This is this beautiful view of the green hills and the, the sky was blue and you know the earth was red right and i think it was in that moment that i thought this is something i need to capture and i had a camera right so from there i just started like when i was that whole month when i was in kenya i just i just captured the beauty of everything going on around me you know working with the children the scenery around me just everything and and there was something so that felt so intangibly beautiful of capturing people you know these children on, on camera in the closing parts of this conversation justin and I spoke about his photography style and process. For me, black and white is something I use to kind of tell more of a, hmm, I don't know if it's like a somber story, but a story that's just, I guess, a little deeper. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, color can be distracting. However, I also do embrace color when, a, when the color is beautiful. But I find even my, the, the way I photo, uh, photograph, I edit the photo, sorry, is changing. Because I think when I first started, I was very much more into black and white. And then as I continue uh, progressing in my photography, I do find that um, I do use a little more color uh, here and there. And I think because I find maybe because also because the technology has improved, like the colors on cameras are, are captured so much more beautifully. So I, I, I like that. Um, but on top of that too, I just like to like my photos have like emotion and, and, and also a sense of love. And also I want the photos to, to work in such a way to draw the viewer in to empathize with the subject. You know, if I'm in a bazaar, right, and, and there's like all these different things being sold and there's like, you know, different spices of colors and fabrics and, you know, vegetables and fruits and maybe the walls of the buildings in the street are different colors. Then I'll put the color in because like, you don't want to see it. It's almost a waste not to see the color. But if it's a, a a photo, for example, where the model is in a park and you know this is mostly green all around them, then for me, um, I can see that me more in black and white because you don't need the color in that scene to add much, you know. As I've continued like in my journey as a photographer, I found my niche in magazines that accept my work, that like my raw look, that like you know the very down to earth photography that I do. Which is why, for example, like I published so much of Mob Journal, is because they 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 the thing I appreciate about them is that I, th I feel like a lot of magazines tend to be very snobbish about the, you know, about their aesthetic, right? And uh, for example, I really hate those magazines that say, um, like, you know, for the wardrobe, um, you can't do any, you know, we want commercial brands, we want Prada, we want like high-end brands, and we don't want you to use vintage. You know, it's terrible because like, it's just, it's just basically, um, it, it's just basically, promoting a wasteful economy right and i just feel that's why i don't like commercialism because it's all about money it's all because it's all about um you know really just following it a lot of trends that have everything to do with economical gain and shallowness and and so that's why in terms of like as a commercial photographer like i i find like i don't really do much of it um but if i am doing a sort of shoot where i am selling something or trying to help someone sell something um i guess i always like to tell their story if i do something commercial i work with people or brands that that mean something to me like for example um we recently 
published something in Mob Journal with this group called Power Women Group, which is um, a, sh- a, a, a group of women who um, with living with HIV in Kibera Slum in Nairobi who create independence for themselves by running a shop. And so um, I did some shoots with them to promote their work, right? And, um, you know, I think that shoot maybe was a little more commercial because, you know, I was taking photos with them to be able to get more followers and to sell their stuff, right? However, the thing that, that I appreciated about that shoot was it was for a cause that meant something for me, right? So, yeah. Okay, so as long as there's a blend into personal principle aesthetic exactly exactly and and i think that is um the fact that more and more artists feel very similar to the way you do is kind of like a call to commercial brands etc to kind of make space for artists and like let them be creative in the way and manner that dictates kind of more individual thoughts and because like again this is trend hopping and then the quality of the content will look a lot like everybody else's content and Exactly, and I hate that. That was very interesting. Thank you for speaking with me, Justin. This has been really insightful. Thank you. I hope my answers weren't too long. No, no, they were were great. That was Justin, and this is me wrapping up the first episode of Mob Talk. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I also hope that the world, wherever you are, is opening up steadily and safely. I'll close here with my favorite quote from Neil Gaiman, when things get tough, make good art.